Our scripture reading this morning is from Colossians 1, 9-14. Now to me this is one of the greatest prayers in the Bible. A prayer that has gone down through the ages to us. To us in this church. That Paul and Timothy would pray for Colossians. But God put this on his heart for the church. For eternity. And as I read this, it, it just has blessed me tremendously. I've read it a thousand times, but each time I read it, it's a blessing knowing that he was praying for me and you. <laughs> That's great. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and praise him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. So uh, this morning, it's my honor to be able to introduce to many of you uh, for the second time, some of you for the first time, a good friend of mine. His name is Curtis Whitaker. Um, Curtis and I were separated at birth. No, not really. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Curtis is a friend of mine that I have been in contact with for the last several years, and he pastors a church in Gary, Indiana. I don't know how much of his story he's going to tell to you today, maybe none of it. Some of you have heard it because we had him here before. He's doing remarkable work in a blighted community. Uh, he has got a, a farm that his church has started. He's got people from the community pitching in. He has got a, a, a monster plan for redevelopment of the community in that area. And we were so struck by what was happening there that as a missions committee, we adopted their church. So every month, uh, Curtis and the church get an offering for us to continue to do the work of a mission that we could not do down here in Bloomington. And it's just an honor to be a partner with them in ministry. And Curtis is here for the first time to preach for us. He said he would come preach for us only if I came up there to preach for him. So I got to go up there in September, I think, to preach for Curtis's church. But Curtis, God bless you. Thank you for coming. Come on up and give us the word of the Lord. Amen. Let the church say amen. 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 To Pastor Bob. Now, he said we were separated at birth. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
um, to this church, Christ Community Church, to the, the elders and deacons and all of uh, the saints. We greet you in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. If I was at home, I would say it's good to be here. Amen. It's good to be here. Amen. We thank God for uh, the trip that we made coming here. It was safe. I thank God for our host. Amen. Give them a hand. Amen. Pastor Whitaker and his wife. Amen. We thank God for both of them. I'm so grateful uh, to be here with you uh, this morning. I bring you greetings on behalf of Progressive Community Church in Gary, Indiana. And some of the saints at Progressive came here. And uh, some of you have asked where my mom was. Well, mom couldn't come with me today. Or my aunt couldn't come. Or Sister Frida. Some of you have met Sister Frida who um, makes sure I stay on point and on schedule. And so uh, she's not here, so I don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> And Sister Frida is not here with us. But we, we uh, genuinely thank you. Thank Pastor Bob uh, and the church and the missions committee and Sean. Where's Sean? At? Sean's somewhere around here. There he is. Yep. Thank you, Sean. Uh, they brought a team up uh, to meet with us and, and to pour into to what we're doing. And for that, we are grateful. And for that, we are uh, thankful. And so on, on behalf of Progressive Community Church, uh, and uh, the deacons and trustees of the church, I want to say thank you uh, to this church for believing in the vision uh, that God has given to us uh, to revitalize a community that I live in called Gary, Indiana. Now, I'm not Pastor Bob. Amen. Uh, <laughs> we have the same last name, although he spells his wrong. Um, uh, but um, I'm going to do what God has commissioned and called me to do. It may be a little unorthodox, so don't get scared and run out on me as uh, the Spirit leads me. I, I get excited about who God is, and sometimes it comes out when I preach. All right, so if you need to say amen, just say amen. Amen, and, uh, and uh, we'll work. I thank you for reading that scripture um, as I was meditating last night, and uh, I started not to stay, stay with Bob. I texted him, I said, I got some weird sleeping hours, and I don't want to disturb you all, but they put up with my weird sleeping hours. I get up at 2 in the morning, and I start praying and meditating, and as I was praying and meditating this morning, God gave me, we're still going to be in Colossians, but we're going to be in the 4th. Uh, chapter of Colossians. We're still going to talk about prayer, um, but it's going to be from a different place. So Colossians, the fourth chapter and the 12th verse, and it reads, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluted you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Just for a few moments this morning, I want you to meditate on a thought of, uh, I know what prayer can do. Purposeful prayer produces powerful results. I know what prayer can do. Purposeful prayer 
produces powerful results. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the withers the flower thereof fades but the word of our God will stand forever in an article by Thomas Costello entitled 25 church stats you need to know for 2021 the first three are as follows non-practicing Christians are on the rise number two regular church attendance Declines. Number three, prayer is still important. In the article, he shares that the Barna Group reported that 69% of the people they surveyed had prayed within the last week and that this had been steady over the last eight years, which suggests to me that in spite of a decline in attendance in church and in spite of people not practicing what they believe, people will still believe in the power of prayer. In Colossians uh, chapter 1, we see that Paul and others are interceding for the Colossian Christian. Paul prays that in spite of what is happening around them, that they have a right concept of who God is and that it leads to a right conduct. Paul says we pray that that, that right conduct would lead uh, to maturation, being fruitful, continuation, learning more and more 
about who God is each and every day and augmentation being strengthened by the power and the presence of God. Then Paul says that right conduct should lead to celebration. Hallelujah. Joyful thanks because now I'm qualified with no limitations. Here it is. I once wasn't a child of the king, but because of God's work at Calvary, I'm qualified to receive the inheritance of eternal life. And somebody ought to be glad this morning that God has qualified you who are not qualified to enter into heaven. But thanks be to God that he sent his son. His name is Jesus. And because of his work at Calvary, hallelujah, I'm qualified without any limitations. Paul goes on to share with us the other reason that there is celebration is because through Christ, I've received liberation. He rescued me from the dominion of darkness and translated me into the kingdom of light. And because of that, I celebrate what God has already done. I celebrate what God is doing in my life right now. And I'm celebrating what God is getting ready to do. Is there anybody in this place that can celebrate what God has already done? Maybe that ain't you. Maybe it's somebody else. You can celebrate what God is doing right now. Okay, maybe that ain't you. Hallelujah. You in the future plan of God and you're celebrating what God is getting ready, what God is getting ready to do. In our text today, Paul shares about Epaphras and says that he is one of you. In my vernacular, he's a homeboy from the hood of Colossae. Hey, that's what he says. It's in the text. He's one of you. He's a homeboy from the hood. Paul says that Epaphras is a servant of Christ. He's a heaven-bound helper of our hero and our healer. He's a slave of Christ. Paul only used this language to speak about himself and Timothy, and now he speaks it about Epaphras, and he says he's a homeboy from the hood. He he is a heaven-bound helper of our hero and healer, and he says hello. It's all in the text. I'm not making it up. Next, Paul shares with us what Epaphras does. He prays for them. And the first thing that the text teaches us is that you, you, you have to be persistent in prayer. It's there in the text. I'm not making it up. It says always. Always means persistent prayer. Luke 18 and 1 puts it like this. People should always pray and not faint. Don't, don't stop praying. The woman in the text prays and keeps on asking for justice. And Jesus uses this to say that you have to be persistent when you pray. Paul prayed, uh, uh, he says in 2 Corinthians, he prayed over and over and over because he had a, a, a thorn in his flesh. He prayed thrice. He prayed consistently about an issue that, uh, that, that he had, a thorn in the flesh. It caused pain to his body, but he kept on praying. And in our text today, Paul says, in essence, that Epaphras understands the pain that you are in and is persistent in prayer on your behalf. But not only is this text talking to us about always being persistent in prayer. The next part of it says you got to be passionate when you pray. It's there in the text. I'm not making it up. It says laboring fervently. That's passionate prayer. Laboring fervently, passionate prayer. The word for laboring fervently comes from a Greek word from which we derive our English word agonize 
or to be in agony. It to agonize literally means to struggle or to compete for a prize. It, it, it means to fight. It means to struggle. It means to compete. It means to strive. It means to fight against an adversary. And here it is, and not be moved. Hallelujah. It means to struggle and not be moved. It, it, it means to fight and not be moved. It means to wrestle in prayer. You got to have passionate prayer. You got to wrestle like Jacob wrestling with the pre-incarnate Christ and not letting go until he got an answer. It means to show passion. And I know we show passion in relationships. We show passion for our favorite sports team. In fact, you show more passion for your favorite sports team than you probably do in church. Amen. <laughs> show passion when we're worshiping, but we won't show passion when we pray. Some of us don't have any fight when we pray. When my father, uh, who six years ago, he had uh, a stroke and the doctor came because I'm my dad's power of attorney and he came to the family and, and his brain was hemorrhaging. And if you know anything about the head, it won't move. And so the doctor came and said, uh, if we don't perform this surgery to cut out a piece of his skull, he will not make it through the night. And so we began to ask uh, questions about, uh, can you do anything else? Can you do this? Is there not another procedure you can do to reverse what's happening? And the doctor simply said, I told you. That if you do not do this procedure, he will not make it through the night. Well, our family is a praying family. And so we began to pray. We said yes to the surgery, but, but we said yes to the surgeon, hallelujah, who is Jesus. And we all got on our knees and we were passionate in prayer. And my dad came through that surgery, hallelujah. And I believe it's because of the prayers that we prayed, because the prayer, hallelujah, of the righteous, what does it do? It availeth much. Yeah, here Paul says that Epaphras was fighting on their behalf because he understood the fight that they were in. They were in a fight of their spiritual lives and for their spiritual lives. And Paul shares with them that they are not alone. Paul shares with them that they are not in this fight all by themselves. Paul says that they have Ephesus fighting right alongside of them, but he's fighting in a different way. And somebody today needs to know that you are not alone in your fight. Somebody today needs to know you're not alone in your struggle. Somebody needs to know that you're not alone in your battle against depression. You're not alone in your struggle with addiction. You're not alone today. Yeah. Just like Epaphras knows about what they're going through, here it is. God places his own the hearts of others to pray for you and to struggle for you and to work and to fight for you in prayer. We have a song in our tradition. It goes like this. Somebody pray for me. 
They had me on their mind. They took the time and prayed for me. And then the refrain says, and I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed for me. Okay, you don't get it that way. Hallelujah. The only reason, hallelujah, that some of you all are here is because somebody prayed for you. The only reason that you're still alive is because somebody's been praying for you. Do I have any witnesses in this place uh, that knows that the only reason that you're you're making it uh, on the prayers of grandmama, on the prayers of granddaddy, on the prayers of your mama or your daddy. Somebody prayed. My grandmother was here. She passed away two years ago, Lady Kay. And she would always tell us when God places somebody in your spirit, stop what you're doing and pray for them. All she was, hallelujah, saying is that you you should fight along with them in prayer. Paul says that uh, Epaphras prays, hallelujah, uh, with a purpose for the Christians, hallelujah, the Christian, the Colossian Christians. And by this, he shows us that purposeful prayer, hallelujah, produces powerful results. Here are the results of the prayer, and then and then I'm out of your hair. He, he, first, he says, it, it produces a future perfection. Then he says, it produces uh, that you're fully persuaded. And then he says, it produces so that you can always follow God's plan. Amen. Here it is. He says, stand perfect. It's there in the text. Stand perfect is future perfection. Paul, Paul, Paul uh, says Epaphras is praying for growth in their spiritual disposition and in their moral character and in their mental toughness. I coach my son, CJ. He's 10 years old. I coach him in uh, football and I coach him in, in baseball and I help him a little bit with his golf game. Uh, of a part of the goal uh, of, of coaching uh, youth and being a youth coach is to help uh, CJ and his teammates become better athletes, help them become better athletes. But more important than becoming a better athlete is that we're able to help build moral character and mental toughness in in these young people that simply means hallelujah that 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 they are going to face adversity in life and all of us my grandmother would say like this if you ain't had none just keep living hallelujah and you will just like all of us have a, a face some adversity in life and in a spiritual sense all of us have face adversity in life on many levels. And what Paul says is that Epaphras is sharing that they not only, hallelujah, that they not allow what is happening to them to stump their growth or hinder their growth or make them question their relationship with God. He says, in essence, hallelujah, to keep on going and growing towards perfection. It's the same Greek word that gives us our word that Jesus uttered from the cross, it is finished. And what Epaphras prays is that they will stay on the spiritual path and finish what they started, that they would not succumb to what was happening around them.
them, but that they would see it, hallelujah, through to the end. That's perfection or maturity as a Christian. And Paul prays that these Christians are able and enabled to stand perfect, to stand upright in spite of everything that's trying to make you fall, to stand upright in spite of the trials, troubles, tribulations that you might face in life, to stand upright no matter the storms that may come your way in life, to stand and keep on standing. He said, that's stand perfect. That's future perfection. But then he says, complete. Yeah, that's fully persuaded. Hallelujah. How, how am I able to stand perfect when the world is hitting me with all I got, with all it got? How Paul says that the, the purpose of Epaphras' prayer is that you are confident in the Lord uh, that God uh, will see you through. Hallelujah. You got to be fully persuaded uh, that Christ is all that I need. And church, if we're going to make it in this season, we must have a resoluteness about who God is uh, and about what God uh, is able to do. You have to have a heart that's fixed uh, and a mind made up. You you must have confidence uh, that God is able. Here it is, like my grandmama would say, to make a way out of no way. You got to have confidence uh, that God is able to bring you out and to see you through. You got to have confidence uh, that God didn't bring me this far to leave me where I am. There is a hallelujah, James Cleveland. He, he's a well-known hallelujah gospel artist. Hallelujah. Back in the 60s and the 70s. And if James Cleveland were here, he would say it like this. I don't feel no ways tired. I've come too far from where I started started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy, but I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. You got to have confidence uh, that God is going to see you through. In other words, I'm convinced. Hallelujah. What are you convinced of? To be convinced means that you've experienced something with God. That's what being convinced is all about, that I've had an experience with God. Hallelujah. I ain't got to have you tell me about your experience. I got an experience all on my own. That's what it means to be convinced that I went through it and I got the T-shirt to tell you about it. Hallelujah. Because God is good to me. And is there anybody in this place that knows that God has been good to you? Is there anybody? persuaded? Is there anybody convinced? Is there anybody here that knows that God has been good? Hallelujah. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Paul says it like this in Romans 8 and 38. I'm fully persuaded. Paul says, I'm convinced. Here's what he says, that neither death nor life. Hallelujah. Neither angels nor demons, uh, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor any hallelujah thing else in, in all creation is able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I'm fully convinced in my Savior. I'm fully persuaded. We sing a song, it says, I got confidence that God's going to see me through no matter what the case may be, no matter what the case may be, no matter what the case may be. I know he's going to fix it 
for me. And that's somebody that ought to be your testimony today that I know, hallelujah, I'm fully persuaded that God is able to see me through. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Finally, hallelujah, lest I hold you too long. You got to be fully persuaded. Hallelujah. And you don't have, hallelujah, a problem following God's plan. Because at the end of the text, he says that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. To do the will of God simply means that I got to follow God's plan. Following God's plan. Here it is. This is going to bust somebody's bubble. Don't mean that you won't have no problems. When you follow God's plan, don't mean that you won't have trials. When you follow God's plan, don't mean that you won't have tribulation in life. When you follow God's plan, don't mean that sickness might not happen either to you or somebody that you love. When you're following God's plan, but here's the beautiful thing, because Jesus showed us what happens when you follow God's plan. In the garden, he said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And if it be thy will, take this bitter cup away from me. The plan wasn't sweet. Hallelujah. The plan wasn't perfect. Hallelujah. The plan was painful for Jesus. How do I know? Because the Bible says uh, they whipped him. Hallelujah. All night long. Hallelujah. They made him carry uh, his own cross. Uh, they pierced him in the side. Uh, Hallelujah. They put nails in his hand uh, and they riveted his feet. Uh, hallelujah. The plan, hallelujah, came with some pain. Uh, and every now and then, uh, when you're following God, uh, you'll have some painful moments. Uh, but that wasn't the end of the story. Uh, he died uh, on an old rugged cross. Uh, hallelujah. And if that was the end of the story, uh, we would all be lost. Uh, but Thanks be to God uh, that that ain't in the end of the story. Because uh, on the third day, uh, you know the story. He got up, uh, hallelujah, with all power uh, in his hand. Uh, and I'm glad about it uh, that God has uh, all power uh, in his hand. Uh, I thank you, Lord. Uh, he got healing power. Uh, I thank you, Lord. Uh, he got saving power. Power, uh, amazing grace, uh, how sweet the sound uh, that saved uh, a wretch like me. Uh, I once was lost, uh, but now I'm found uh, blind, uh, but now I see. Uh, thank you. Y'all got to excuse me. I get excited. I, I told you when I started, uh, when I think of the goodness of Jesus uh, and all uh, he's done for me. Uh, my soul cries out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. Now, you don't know my story, and I don't know your story, but all of us got a story. Some God done did in our life. Some God done brought us through, and if he's ever brought you through something, you ought to give him praise. Uh, if he ever delivered you from something, you ought to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you Lord. for saving me.
Thank you, Lord, for bringing me out. Thank you, Lord, for seeing us through. Purpose of prayer, hallelujah, produces powerful results. And I just came here this morning to encourage you to don't stop praying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not your prayer. It's his power. But he needs your prayer to release his power. It ain't your prayer. It's his power. But he needs your prayer to release his power. Still not with me. Hallelujah. It, it ain't your prayer. Because some of you think my prayer changed it. No, no, it wasn't your prayer. It was his power. Because when you pray, uh, God hears. Uh, and I love when God hears. Because uh, God works like a surgeon. Uh, and he goes exactly where you need him to go. Uh, and here it is. It's non-invasive. Hallelujah. He can go to the spot uh, and not have to go in anywhere. Uh, and I thank the Lord uh, that he put surgery on me. Uh, he changed my heart uh, and now I love right. Uh, changed my mouth. Uh, now I talk right. Uh, changed my feet. Uh, now I walk right. Uh, changed my hands uh, and now I clap right. Uh, he changed my mind and now I think right. All because of prayer. And if you don't know prayer. Hallelujah. I encourage you, hallelujah, to, to get to know the Lord, because I know what prayer can do. God bless you.